Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Our pinky. What are we doing tonight, pinky? The same thing we do every Sunday, Cass. Record a podcast. Narf. Narf. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I am not Rob Paulson. Yeah, I just, I can't do it. I don't even or, attempt. Or Maurice LaMarche. The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to record a podcast. Yeah, see, I just try to take over podcast. the world by reporting okay. by recording a podcast. Yeah, so we are yeah. actually recording. Yay! Yeah. Alrighty. So the question I had last episode is: If you were designing the gaudiest jersey you could possibly come up with. What team would you choose, and what would it look like? This is in honor of Vegas uh, showing their third glittery jersey. I I <clears throat> I would like to go first, Pat. If that doesn't bother. Please me. no, please. The floor is yours. I, I, as as I was absent last week. Um, no, you were performing surgery, sir. Well, you know, <laughs> after the playoffs, um, my injury list, I just, I needed to get some stuff done, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I was, I was playing very, very hurt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't any of these cookie cutter type injuries either. Yeah. So I would, um, I would, I would pick a team. That already had some some kind of bad color scheme, like red and green. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Wild here. <clears throat> and Tread I think I would carefully. And I think I would do a, a, a red body with red shoulders, and then a color block green and red sleeve, and then do a round version of their logo. Oh wait, I'm just describing their thirds they had. Those were the <laughs> ugliest things on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. They looked like they just popped up in in an empty Toys R Us around you know October, <laughs> November first, right? It's it's the takeover <clears throat> Christmas store. That just ah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done. I that was. I couldn't go any worse than that if I tried. And and I'm not going to start a fight about the white gloves. But come on. Those things were awful. So, Pat, would you like to go or would you like me to go? Uh, no, I better follow up because, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I also chose the Minnesota Wild. Mm, see, I didn't. Oh, good. So uh, I thought about it, but I didn't. <laughs> but uh, l- let me let me uh, let me set up the play as TV reporters want to do or want someone to do for them. Uh, I've spent a lot of time recently admiring all the cool looks that the KHL has. You know, once you get past the, you know, corruption and, and you know, shady dealings, uh, your social media team in both Russian and English uh, and whoever designs their jerseys, they've got some pretty cool looks. And there's this team, HC Tractor or Tractor Selibinsk, uh they have one of the best looking black and white sets I've seen in hockey. So this started me down a rabbit hole. And then I got to thinking, all right, the Minnesota wild are the most boringest, boring of boring hockey teams out there. They're just, they're even more bland than arbitrary six. They're just kind of there. And they have a, they have a color scheme that they don't use well. And then I see the this tractor team, and, and they have just this sharp contrast black and white, and they got these random, like, diagonal stripes that trail from, like, the TV numbers on the sleeve straight down, and they just kind of look cool to me. So it got me thinking. All right. I was trying to find a way to get, you know, bright purple and just... Super flashy. No, 
stick with the green and yellow color palette, even the hint of red, but everything is neon and electric. I want neon wookie, and wookie, electric. Wookie. Think, search for like esports logos on a random. You pay a hundred bucks for a logo website because they're like literally thousands of these out there in the but like a neon black and, and green and yellow like bear that actually looks like a bear logo and just do just like make each play-by-play announcer's retinas bleed with all the neon colors you could come up with and, and just go over the top that way especially to piss off the hockey men because I bet kids might think it looks cool, but it will not look good against bright white ice. Or will it? Who's to say? It's it's going to look like a video game developer that just discovered HDR bloom effects. Be an Angel Fire website. Oh, oh, even better. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. I was a GeoCities person myself. Mm. And some other lesser knowns, but. Alrighty. Alright, what do you have, Cassie? So, my first thought was having the LA Kings go back to their purple and gold. I'm sorry, Coliseum blue and gold. Form <laughs> blue. Before blue. Excuse me. <clears throat> Because I think the, the you know, the ones with the, the jerseys that they had that were forum blue and gold with the crown on the front, those are pretty gaudy. You wouldn't have to actually do anything to them. Just leave them as they are. And then I thought, well, you know, Wild. Minnesota Wild. The Wild, that name has potential, but eh, yeah. I decided to go with an arbitrary 16. And I really wanted to do Montreal. And then I thought, no, those barbershop pole jerseys that, you know, would cause people to have epileptic seizures are probably about as bad as you can get with Montreal. So that left me with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Toronto Maple Leafs, the history of the name. Insert is, insert threatening music here. <laughs> She's going after Toronto. Oh, I'm going after Toronto. But I'm not not going after Toronto in a uh, disrespectful way, as you will see. So um, the history of the Maple Leaf name came from Con Smythe changing the name to uh, from the St. Patrick's to the Maple Leafs in 1926-27. I mean, mistake number one, right? <laughs> Am I right? Because he was a war veteran, World War One veteran, and World War Two veteran, for that matter, uh, and the Canadian Canadian military regiments wore maple leaf badges. That's that was his motivation, according to historical documentation. So, I, having Scottish heritage. Realize that Canada has official tartans. And so, yes, we are going plaid for those that, that have to have their space balls reference. Um, we're going plaid. It is going to be the National Tartan of Canada, which is named Maple Leaf Tartan. And the entire uniform is going to be going back to the red and red and green green red gold and brown which is the life cycle of a maple leaf tree uh and only the yellow in the tartan i think should be actual gold so you got to have the shiny 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 gold in the tartan for the jersey and then 
you can have like gold numbers and, and gold letters and gold logos. And, and so it's still Canadian. It's the, it's Canada's official tartan, which is in the Scottish tartan registry, a government run entity in the UK, but as gaudy as possible. I mean, what you're describing to me sounds like the 2022 team Canada, third jerseys. Uh, kind of, maybe, but like super shiny. God help me. Yeah, that's where they cut back. It's the shiny part. God help me. I watched a documentary. <laughs> I watched a documentary last night on the making. Uh, no, they they sort of dissected losing my religion by REM, and they sat down with the band and talked to him about specific parts in the tracks and so forth. And in the middle of it they threw in some conversation about other songs on that album, and one of them happened to be Shiny Happy People, and now all I can hear is Shiny Happy logos causing Leafs fans to go mad. Shiny Happy In, in sort of Minnesota Wild Colors. Because that's kind of what the colors of the jersey, or the plaid are. You know, the one thing in that Wild logo that just kills it for me is the sun. Sunset. It is. It's just. It's this <laughs> yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the tartan itself isn't so bad as tartans go. I mean, we're not. At least it's not like an Ogilvy style tartan, which is just the most horrendous one I think I've ever seen. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely Minnesota wild colors with a splash. Well, I mean, it, it just totally is. It's, it's green, red, yellow, and cream. <laughs> or brown, I guess. It's supposed to be tan. But, um, so, yeah, it's kind of funny that you guys went that way because of their color scheme, and I ended up changing the Leafs color scheme to that. <laughs> Minnesota wild. I think we should. I think we should stay that way. I think every year teams should swap colors. There, how's that? I said it. I would love to see the the time the sharks roll around and have to wear the biggest <laughs> colors. I mean, just give me more orange with the sharks, please, and thank you. That burnt orange. Yeah, the the barracuda did a third in that. Yeah, they did not do a very good job. job. Yeah, yeah but, that so was Ca- like a Cassie, silly jersey. Hmm? You got me thinking. Uh-oh. How quickly would Brent Burns sign with the Maple Leafs <laughs> just to wear this? <laughs> I mean, he'd yeah. wave his no trade clause to wear this. Would he not? <laughs> I don't know. He might just end up buying like the, the, the plaid shirt and Maple Leaf tartan uh, instead, you know? <laughs> I mean, I was considering the Ontario tartan, but it didn't quite have the same impact as as maple leaf tartan. That's the actual name of it, you know? So it's just kind of like maple leaf tartan, maple leaf jerseys. Okay. That works. And then we wouldn't confuse, you know, the Toronto uh, Red Wings of Hillsborough County, you know, with the team in, you know, Ontario anymore. Thank right, you. and because everything would be plaid, it wouldn't be confusing with any of the other teams that happen to be green and red. Like if New Jersey's wearing their third green and red jersey. It'd be distinct enough. It'd be distinct against whatever blandness, you know, Minnesota will come up with for their, you know, 2028 outdoor game. Or whenever it'll be played, uh, they put the stink and distinct. Hmm. I I want to cut if the Leafs decide to go there. I want to cut in that. <laughs> I want to cut in the jersey sales. But this is my idea. Damn it! I mean, they'll instantly get every web developer on their side. Because <laughs> God knows they love a good pattern in a in a flannel shirt. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, right? But I, I grew up, I went to high school in a logging town, and my last name is Scottish. I mean, 
everyone should just be impressed that my entire home isn't just covered in plaid. <laughs> I'm just imagining web developers fighting over the uh, RGB codes that were actually... <laughs> oh, dear God. No, John, this one's actually AF4, not AF3. I'm sure somewhere in Canada, someone has those accurately pinned down for everybody. Oh, I'm sure the Pantone colors are out there. Mm-hmm. I'm right here, guys. I'm, and this right here <laughs> my case. I'm sorry, who are you again? No. <laughs> I know, we just like talking about you when you're not in the room. <laughs> See what it We're all friends here. We're, we're, got nothing not to hide. The, we're in the same rooms. <clears throat> so, Tampa. Who? Tyler, yeah, Johnson, Tyler Johnson. You know, Tyler Johnson cleared waivers. Yes, I saw that. I'm um kind of sad. But I'm also, you know, it wasn't terribly surprising because he is from Spokane. Spokompton. And, uh, hey, oh, by the way, part of the reason I was absent last week also was some, some work was being done on the deck at the house where I'm at right now. And um, they came in and sanded and resealed and did a bunch of other stuff. So... <clears throat> It's Patrick's story time. Mm-hmm. So um, they came back Monday to do some cleanup work, and I was heading out of the house, and I had my um, Octung Baby third sweater on. Now, for those who don't know, it's Leon Dreisaitl. And I was downstairs getting a, a water out of the garage before I headed to my car, and the guy who owns the company goes, you like hockey, huh? And I go, yeah. And he goes, my cousin's TJ Oshi." <laughs> I went. Oh yeah, yeah. of course he is. Because <laughs> he's around here. Checks out. <laughs> well, no, and it, 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 I never put two and two together. The guy's company's name is literally O'Shea Construction. <laughs> it was like, oh, and so he was telling because his his dad is T.J. O'Shea's dad's brother. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh. And he was telling me some stories about after TJ came back from, from Sochi, and he was, he was like, they kept putting me out, and I was running out of ideas <laughs> on the shootout. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't know what my next move was going to be. So, um, yeah, his, his um, sister still lives around the area, and apparently dad has moved back, and they're to help him take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ does come back every once in a while, but I was just kind of like, yeah, I forgot he's from, he was born around here and, and pretty much was here until about high school. <laughs> just, just never put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. This is Scott Oshti. And I was like, Hey Scott, how you doing? I never went TJ. T- do you know TJ? Cause, duh. but yeah, now that's unlike, you know, running across a uh, Joel Lesperance which is also a very unique name. Mm-hmm. Or, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm just looking through some of the signings because I've missed things. The Winnipeg Jets have signed a C.J. Seuss. S-U-E-S-S. Yes. That is correct. The Winnipeg Jets were on like a, a roll the last couple of days, too, of signing everybody and their dog. I hope somebody gave him a copy of Oh, the Places You'll Go. <laughs> I'm sure he's been hearing that all his life. <laughs> or similar things, anyway. He's, he's yeah. wearing a jersey that has stars upon bars. Yeah, I got nothing. I just, you know. I, I laughed my rear end off at some of the signings and... I mean, like everybody, it seemed that everybody who was making moves was trying to clear clear the cap, but you didn't really hear anything about the teams who were trying to make the floor. It was all about trying to clear the cap. And I'm like, do people 
coaches have this unconscious bias about teams like being close to like topping out of their salary cap or and don't care about the teams close to the floor or why why are we talking about that more than the other because they're both kind of important well i think the ones that are ready to burst don't care because they've got the 10 percent overage to play with right now mm-hmm. and they're just sort of waiting for the dust to settle and then they can start clearing cap because isn't there is there another buyout window uh, there is if one of your players actually ends up in an arbitration hearing. Okay. You are given a second window. But beyond that, no. And the first one is closed, correct? First, Yeah, the first one closed like last week before free agent day. Which is kind of wild, <laughs> kind of interesting that Tampa waited so long to put Tyler on waivers because they could have bought him out. But then again, they, I don't think they wanted to take the cap hit and was hoping somebody would pick him up because he's got, what, four years left? Something like that? Uh, three, I think. Three now, but... No, oh, okay. Time, time is still an illusion. God, is it ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, he still has four. Through 23-24. Man, that's twice I was thought I was crazy and have been right this week. That's awesome. Yeah, the one that that I had to laugh at was uh, um, for free agency was Vladislav Nemesnikov being signed in Detroit. Because that's where he was born, because that's where his dad played with the current GM, Iserman. And you have just given every broadcaster who works a, a Red Wings game their talking points. I, I, I don't have to because they're already going to be doing that. You know? I mean, it's, it's not it's not also like you played under him in Tampa. No, not at all. Uh, he drafted him in Tampa. Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. not like they don't have a history. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it's just, it's kind of funny how Iserman has his favorites and he keeps picking guys to come back that he drafted in with another team. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess you really like that guy after all. <laughs> it almost sounds like he's uh, already a 200 hockey man GM who does the exact same things. Everything that everybody you know. else well, or or did he just graduate into being a hockey man because now he can reacquire old players mm. for the first time? Oh, he, yeah. no, he's not doing the Jim Rutherford of sending guys away and then reacquiring them years later. On he the never same quite, team. Exactly. He never got quite to that point. No, he's Brian then, Borking. Yeah. Although, you know, Iserman could pull a Jack Johnson move, you know, draft a guy, not be able to sign him, trade him away, and then bring him back well past his prime. And then buy him out? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I I think Iserman's just, is burking. Right? Because everywhere Burke went, you you could safely assume Brad May was soon to follow. Yeah. As were a couple other guys, so... I will. I will now revise my my Joe Sakic opinion and say that yes, he is a good GM because he finally traded uh, Zadorov. <laughs> and speaking of bad GMs or GMs who I don't know what they're doing, um, what is Stan Bowman doing? <laughs> like his moves even defy the he's just trying to save his job logic. Yeah, well, I mean, like first came the, there was, you know, first he deals Olimata and basically a salary dump. Then he decides, all right, he's going to go with young goalies and re-signs Malcolm Subban. And there's going to be, you know, a, a three-person rotation that I presume will help satisfy, you know, expansion draft rules. And then he gets Nikita Zadorov and has to sign him to a contract. It's 
It's all weird. And the fact that Jonathan Taves goes on the record last night with Marco Lazarus and says, I don't like this. I have no idea what's going on. It's just baffling. I'm trying to think of something here. While you say that, I mean, he could do the, he could do what, um, what's his face in Calgary is doing and just sign a bunch of terrible contracts and, you know, let the next guy clean up the mess. See, I'm like scratching my head over like free agent signings in Edmonton. I was fine with what I saw out of Edmonton until they brought back Mike Smith. If the thought is their season, even in a shortened season, could go either way, they could flip several of the players they signed to these one-year deals. Because they only have one, two, three, four... Five UFA forwards on the roster, four, three UFA defensemen. Uh, they've got plenty of options to do things if things go sideways or they want to launder players for expansive draft purposes at some point. And see, that's going to be the interesting bit, though, is that now that this draft is over and... Essentially, we're because it's NHL free agency, we're into a new season, right? That's usually the cutoff. The NHL draft is the end of one season, free agency is the beginning of the next, and officially. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Seattle can, can play, right? I mean, yeah. what, at what point does Seattle get to start playing with, with the big boys and trying to like? Curry favors from people. They have to have their team charter and payments all set up. And basically... Um, didn't that happen? Didn't they have to do that before they named no, their name? No. Um, because, I mean, that's also like entering into the picture now is that you know, we have the expansion draft coming up next year. I think they still have a payment that they have to make and some other paperwork before they can officially start signing players and operating in the league as an entity. It's it's sort of like they were on a 90-day probation until mm-hmm. they paid union dues and all that crap cleared type thing before they could start working on job sites. And I think that's kind of where they're at. Mm. They've still got, I think they've still got one more payment due and some other like team crap just to sort of officially become a franchise. So Zador, this is kind of Zadorov's got one year left before he's RFA and he's arbitration eligible. They could walk away from him, mm-hmm. and they probably will. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what—that's kind of what I'm wondering if that might not have been the impetus for that move. Give him a one-year tryout. Yeah, because um, Sod's got a year left before he's UFA. Yeah, so that is clearly, from Colorado's perspective, I'll just take this less expensive top six winger and see what happens. Oh, no, he's not less expensive. He's on He's on the books. Well, as opposed to signing Taylor Hall, he's <laughs> apparently not going to make a Chicago super retained at- Chicago retained salary on that deal. Yeah, they retained a million on it. Mm-hmm. So not only did not only did Sakic talk Bowman into taking Zadorov, but also into taking or keeping a million of um, Sad's um, salary for this next season. 
Okay, so here's the funny thing about Zadorov. He was an RFA, and I haven't seen this officially put out there anywhere, but he apparently signed a one-year extension with Chicago yesterday. Huh. Or uh, it, Mark Lazarus of The Athletic reported that Zadorov signed his qualifying offer. So he would essentially make the same amount of money as he did last season. With uh, uh, whatever the final year on this deal was. Mm-hmm. Plus, I, plus, I think, 10%. No, because he was over a certain threshold, oh, so it's just that's 100%. Right. That's right, yeah. So it's the final year of his deal. Yeah, it's the same stupid cloth. <laughs> uh, I'm going to enjoy watching people when Timo Meyer's contract comes up and his qualifying offer is $10 million. And he goes elsewhere. Oh, that's going to be so fun to watch. <sighs> okay. I got nothing else. Yeah, no. Just weirdness and my goodness, it was nice to see um it take a you know act of nature to control GMs this year. Everyone was, for the most part, modest and, and, and reasonable outside of Brad Tree living and giving six years to a 30-plus-year-old goaltender. So so no comment on, on Lundqvist going to Washington or... Uh, um, that was a mistake for Lundqvist. Yeah, that's what I, I don't, thought, I too. I don't know why. Why? Other than... Uh, I, I called it out perfectly. He doesn't have to change the color of his pads. He doesn't have to get new True. pads. He's a short train ride from his stuff. Really doesn't have to move, right? Right? He's only True. behind one Russian goaltender <laughs> in the depth chart, which means he's going to get to play. So what's the problem? Oh, he's just not going to win the cup. Eh. I mean, it, if this ends up being a 48-game season, well, right. things, Roll things the dice. could bounce their way. Roll the dice. No, the train thing, I, I think you nailed it there. Yeah, you know? that was my first thought was, oh, you're not too far from DC or from New York. Nah. It's like a short flight. If you really nah. want to like do that. Yeah, you get on the super train. It's like two hours, two and a half hours. You're home. Oh, what's a train? It's a mode of transportation that Joe Biden uses. Um, (laughs) Um, Oh, that's why I don't have it where I live, apparently. So then... He can even keep the Statue of Liberty on his mask, right? Because it's playing in Washington, D.C. Like you asked to change is the little Capitals logo. You really can't. You, you don't want to use the Washington Monument. No. Cause at it, all. Cause it, it looks yeah. like you're a unicorn, you know. <laughs> or other things, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We have, You just triggered something. It depends on where you put it, Cassie. I don't know what you think, <laughs> what you think he's painting. <laughs> Minnesota, <laughs> Wild, Minnesota Wild need to rebrand with the unicorn instead of the black bear. Mm, no, it's, uh, there's, no there's there's no black in that bear, Pat. I hate to tell you this, that's Christmas bear. That's a that's a bear that's that's been running through a cranberry brush. Uh it's someone that got stuck out in a paintball field. Or that too. Yeah. No, it's bad when your bear logo is worse than like a single A minor league baseball team in West Virginia's, which. Only decent Black Bear logo out there that I see. Sorry, Maine fans. Not even Hershey? Eh. Not really a Black Bear, though, in Hershey. Not really a Black Bear. Maine mm. didn't really have a Black Bear in their logo. for the. Uh, and they have that third logo that's just not good. But no. That's really hard to do. 
you know, they're menacing creatures, but they're also Winnie the Pooh. You know, when you when, oh, they're they're so adorable in the wild. Uh, right when you it's it's you know, they're either scary as hell or they're cuddly. There's no in between. But the Minnesota Wild are definitely in between. And that's and that's where I think the problem is. This has just been the Minnesota Wild rip cast, hasn't it? <laughs> For their their uniforms and and logos and colors and things, yeah. Okay, no, so I let's. Don't, I don't blame Bill Gear in doing things for the sake of doing things because. Yeah, why not? Well, that's excuse me. That's kind of what I was going to say. He's made some. Uh, I'll call them mildly astute moves. After he made the move just to make the move. You know, there there have been some things that have kind of gone, oh, you know what? That's that's a that's a pretty sane move, Bill. Yeah. You're at least get, you're yeah. at least getting some youth in. Yeah, and if it doesn't pan out, he will move in either direction. He will not be stuck in the middle. Yeah. Which God, yes. And there I go again with Steeler Wheelers. God, stop it. <laughs> so so then, so then I got the jets the above one. of me, the coyotes to my back. Here I am. <laughs> Stuck in the middle with them. Um so Braden Holtby to Vancouver. Thoughts, requests, dedications. He has to change all of his pad colors. Because <laughs> he's there for two years, he actually signed a two-year contract. Yeah, that that to me that wasn't a smart trade. He has to trade. He has to change all of his his pad colors. Well, will he be boring and just go all white, knowing that he could end up in Seattle for a year? God, you know what? He could pick. He could do all blue. Yeah, I was just going to say, you couldn't if, do white for the Seattle uniform. Oh, sure you could. I mean, you could, but... It's I mean, he could use pad skins where he kind of, you know, paint by numbers with scissors and, and adhesive, but... Oh, I was like, why the hell did he go to... He, he was born in Lloydminster. Yeah. For those that... Don't know. It's Alberta. <laughs> and he certainly wasn't going to Edmonton or, or Calgary. And good on him for that. Where did he play junior? Uh, Was that Seattle? Did he play junior in Seattle? No. No, no he played with Saskatoon. Saskatoon. He played with the Blades. Which I still think is a missed opportunity. They literally should have just called them the Rough Riders because that we need more Rough Riders in Canada. There are no <laughs> Rough Riders in hockey, right? You know, there's there were two in Canadian football. We need one in hockey. No, we need three in hockey. I want one in every every uh, CHL league. Yeah, but or three in the Alberta division of the W. The dub. The dub. But I, I liked Braden Holby. Like, I wanted to see him potentially go to Carolina should there be some behind-the-scenes movement with either of their goalies. But I think he made a good decision, and I'm not going to praise a GM of the team again because they're going to do something stupid immediately after. But I like that signing for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. We need a team in Flin Flon again. Why? Just so we can have Bobby Clark run another team? I just like the name Flin Flon. I think, I think we need to hear it more. I think we've heard you know? it enough this podcast. <laughs> There's a there's a movie on Amazon called Flin Flon, and it's about I'm hoping Flin Flon. It would be nice to see Flin Flon get a team before you know one goes back to Quebec City. So that would be fun. 
how did this one slide under the radar? Huh. I just I, I'm I'm going back in history. I I will God, I'll watch the draft. Um <clears throat> I missed the deal where the Jackets sent Marcus Nunavara to the Panthers for Cliff Pooh. Wasn't Pooh part of the Trocheck deal? No. He was not. Uh Cliff Pooh was famously part of the Jeff Skinner deal. Oh, that's right. With that's Buffalo. Right. Okay. And he was part of an AHL transaction between the Panthers affiliate and the Canes affiliate. Involving, I believe, Thomas Yurko. Who just signed with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. And apparently is hip. That's just what it says. Yurko, hip, (laughs) signed a one-year deal with the (laughs) Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think it's fair to classify someone as hip until you've seen their beard, tattoo, fedora collection, short pants, and, and shirts. And see them dance. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. <laughs> Dancing say, has got to be a part of that. Well, if you're really hip, you don't dance. Exactly. Yeah, you're good. Your question, you see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Caught me again. <laughs> <laughs> the type of beer they drink. Yeah. Did you say that one already? Oh, Jesus! It's just going to be an IPA. I mean, that's craft <laughs> <laughs> craft IPA. Come on. Oh, of course. Because you know. Is there another I- <laughs> Sure. Crap. In Seattle, there is. <laughs> oh God. You know, see, right now it'd be a hazy IPA with at least 12 hops. Mm. And probably an 8.5% alcohol by volume. And probably a 90 on the IBU. <laughs> or a 190 on the IBU. See, first one that just popped into my head was Red Hook. <laughs> eh, they're Budweiser is- now. Who cares? Well, I know, but I mean, they, they are a mass-produced IPA. <laughs> Which is really sad, because they used to do good stuff. I'm, uh... Well, Kyle Clifford went home. No, he just went to St. Louis. I don't know where his home is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, St. Louis picked up Pat Maroon by the name of Kyle Clifford. Okay. And Tori Craig. Or Craig. Which apparently... Depends on where you put well, I... it. <laughs> I'm going with Craig. It's right there in front of me. Um... <laughs> Krug is definitely more Midwestern. I mean, Krug is definitely, you know, Massachusetts pronunciation, I would say. Ty Krug. He's in the car. Krug. He's Krug. from, right, right. He's from right Michigan. I guess it depends on just how German his family really is. Yeah, that's why I say it just depends on where you put the umlaut. Mm-hmm. Or Czech, God, I guess. Need- Could be in it all. God, those need to be on jerseys next year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because um, everything about uh, Stutzla had the umlaut in his name, and when he put the Senators jersey on, people were like, huh? That's not how it's spelled. No, that's exactly how it's spelled, and umlauted U is U-E. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so have fun with that. Which technically you know, means, you know, we could put an umlaut well, over like, Jonathan Taves' O. It's like it's like Satan and Shatan, right? Now that will always be Satan. There is no other pronunciation. I don't care what language he's there. You're <laughs> it's always but there's Satan. still supposed to be a little accent mark, but yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I refuse that one. Take your theory elsewhere, woman. I'm Actually, I don't know if he Ryan. spells it that way. Oh, oh, so how German is Tori Krug? 
He Irish. was born in La, La, uh, Livonia, Livonia, Michigan. Where yeah. where have I heard that town before? Livonia, Michigan. Livonia. Hmm. Don't. There's someone else who. God. Yeah, I. Battles on about Livonia. Yeah, it's it's ringing bells, but nothing's coming to mind. But I, having spent a bit of time in that area, yeah, not the biggest German population. You, I'd almost bet it's Dutch. I could see that. It's probably shortened from Kuga an die Kuhn. Well, there is a Livonia, New York, so you yeah. may be thinking about Livonia, New York. No, 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 it's Livonia, Michigan. Because there was a whole conspiracy theory started by someone who has relatives in Livonia that he was going to go back to to play with the Red Wings because he has family. Mm. And right now that person's probably throwing things at his phone listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I really got nothing else. The only other thing I could think of, and I don't know if either of you heard about this, so the Rangers have had an offseason. Even though that offseason, I believe, only constituted like seven days or eight days or whatever. Uh, Apparently, they have to potentially account for upwards of $11 million in potential bonuses this season. Maybe even more if uh, Keandre Miller makes the team, and thus maybe why they signed Jack Johnson, so they don't have to bring yet another rookie onto the team with you know performance bonuses in his contract. Ooh, woof! Yeah. So like yesterday, uh, Carolina signed Jesper Fast to a. Very reasonable deal that all Rangers fans looked at and said, we couldn't afford this guy for $2 million per season. And then there was a write-up in The Athletic that says, well, technically they could, but this is what might happen if, you know, the season goes okay. Oh, you know what I think it is. Georgi has an RFA. Oh, yeah, that too, with arbitration rights. Yeah, as is Ryan Strom. Uh-huh. And Brandon Lemieux. Oh, wait, that doesn't matter. Phil DiGiuseppe, <laughs> that only matters to me. Yeah. And yeah, but as... Which I don't yeah. think they- yeah, and Tony, I'm sorry, Anthony Dean Jello. Because when you see his name in all caps, it just looks like Dean Jello. Yeah. But right now. Anthony. Anthony Dean Jello. 17 <laughs> players on their current roster signed. They're looking at having to account for upwards of 7.2 million in performance bonuses. That's before uh, Lafreniere has to sign his, what we presume would be a maxed out entry level contract. With all which can be upwards, C. Mm-hmm, which is upwards of two and a half in bonuses, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little more. And then, like I said, you've got Keandre Miller on the blue line who will be turning pro this season. Uh, and God knows who else. So they're. Uh, I don't know not. if they're going to pay more. They'll probably pay more in, you know, cap related buyout money than they will bonus money. But my goodness. They got 13 million, uh, roughly 13 million in dead space this year, which yeah. is going to hurt. No, actually, you know what? I bet they walk from Lemieux, D'Angelo, and maybe DiGiuseppe. They're going to walk from at least one or two. I, I would lean towards two of their RFAs. 
Yeah, because that actually, and I don't almost guarantee one of them's Dean Jello. Mm-hmm. Because there's your slot for Keandre. And he'll cost yeah. you less than Dean Jello. I, I saw that he was going up for arbitration, and I'm like... Have fun with that sometimes. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, you know... It must be nice to have the confidence of a of a white male <laughs> to just be able to go and do that and just think I'm I deserve it and I'm going to get more money and it'll be fine. <laughs> I am more deserving. Not all white males, I know, but I'm just saying. No, we don't have to do the not all crap here. All right. It's implied. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was his? Yeah, so his qualifying offer would have been less than a million. There's no way he's taking that. Because, have you heard him? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, he thinks very highly of himself. Yeah, they walk. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, I I think uh, they may take a step back this year. I believe it. I mean, their goaltending is good. I like their forward group, but I mean, I've had reservations about the Penguins' defense in recent years, and I'm shocked by their winning. Uh, New York Rangers can't field this defensive setup and expect to really make a run in the Metro. Even in a short season. I mean, basically, they have to have the Hart and Vesna and Jennings Trophy winners. And you can divide those between the two goalies any way you see fit. But that's what would have to happen. They'd be smart to take a step back. Not as bad as Detroit or Buffalo. But when a lot of that buyout money starts falling off, they're going to have some RFAs to deal with, but they're also going to have a metric ton of cap space at that point. Could you know what Jeff Gordon's actually done a pretty damn good job now that I think of it. Now that I'm sitting there looking at their cap friendly page, he's you know Panarin's really the only. Big, huge contract on there. Criders is ridiculous, but that, you know, Jacob Trubas was somebody else. The rest of his are pretty good. And it makes you wonder if Jeff Gordon knew that he was getting the number one overall pick, would he have signed Crider or traded them? I, you know what? I'm sitting there looking at this. You know, when Capo Caco is an RFA two years from now. Buchnevich is an RFA next year with Arb. Philip Heedle's an RFA next year. Mm-hmm. Brett Howden's an RFA next year as Julian Gauthier. Ryan Lindgren on the D, and Shesterkin's an RFA the year after that. Or next and, year. And, you know, next season you can look at re-signing Adam Fox. Because I imagine of all their RFAs, I, I bet Fox's contract would take a little bit precedent over most of the forward group. Yeah. And, you know, that's a right-handed defenseman, you know, at 20%. Yeah. And he, especially, I mean, and he's their best defender right now. Yeah, especially if he continues to grow. And then, you you know, you see what Keandre Miller looks like. All signs point to he's going to be good, I hope. Yeah. God damn, you know, I, uh, yeah, okay. They got a lot going for them. They do. That's a little bit frightening. Conversely, let's go take a, oh my god in heaven, it looks like a bloodbath. Sharks. 
Wow. I was waiting for the Sharks to, like, come up, especially after looking at who they were signing during free agency. Wow. <laughs> and all I can say is good for Kevin LeBanc. Oh, hell yeah. Good for him. Because no one on that team performed worth a damn last season. So it explains his, do- his totals, but... Wow. God, too many of these contracts just go off the page. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been of the opinion that, I mean, I get that, that players want the stability, quote unquote, that a long contract gives them, which is really just a stable money flow rather than a stable situation with the team that they're in, since most players seem to get traded for, you know, around year four or five of any really long contract. But um, I've always kind of felt that if you sign more than like for four years, that you're kind of screwing yourself over. (laughs) Joe Thornton is a wise man. Yes. King of the three-year deal. And then he just did the the one-year deal when it came to that point. It's like I see these eight-year long contracts and I'm like, okay, now, really, is everybody so delusional when they sign those at the beginning that they really honestly think this person is going to stay with this team for the entire eight years? I mean, are, are really they that delusional when they sign these things? Or are they signing it with the expectation that, you know, we'll see how it is year four or five before we figure out the rest? <laughs> Depends if you ask Jonathan Taves or not. I guess. Because like Cause it's he very like rare. He, yeah, he he's expecting them to be a championship club still yet. Ugh, these big contracts don't let you really sign the up and coming players outside of I guess they have Debrinkat and then they re-signed Kobalik, but like they're not producing any good defenders and. Because of these $10.5 million contracts, they're stuck holding on to Duncan Keith and, and Brent Seabrook and can't just buy them out. Okay. I mean, Trev- you know, you have to be a bit delusional to play any professional sport anyway. You know, that, that forever optimistic that things will get better thing. But, yeah. um, at some point, reality has to rear its ugly head, right? <laughs> sort of like maybe? what kind of happened in Ottawa, maybe? A little bit. This is, um, okay. Trevor Van Riemsdyk signed for 800 a year uh-huh. on a one-year deal in Washington. Uh-huh. The Los Angeles Kings... God in heaven, are paying $700,000 a year this or $700,000 this year for Mike Richards. <laughs> 900 the next, the two years following that, then 700 for two years and 600, and then down to five and four before he is finally off their books in 10 more years. 11, <clears throat> sorry. He comes off their books. Actually, no, it's 12. He comes off their books in 2032. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, good for him and all, but yeah, I just I just have to look at the GM and think you've been had. <laughs> so for the next five years, Mike Richards is costing at least either an entry-level player or a minimum contract player. Right, Paul Ledoux, let's see. Oh, well, hell, our friend, Mr. Hip. Thomas Yurko signed for 700 grand. The Kings would not be able to pay him until 2032. So they're losing a player, a potential contract. Granted, it's a low-level contract, but come on. That is, I'm sorry, I've just, uh, somebody needs to land this plane because I am obviously like in squirrel mode. all right so i have a question go for it uh so 
now that the last draft is over, we can look forward to the expansion draft. Um, and and maybe Pat can answer this better than, than Patrick or myself, but does Ron Francis have it in him to wheel and deal like Vegas did before the before their expansion draft? This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.